Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Louder. Innovation comes in so many forms in so many different ways. We believe this entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is covered with people innovating. We designed this podcast to highlight the innovative things those business leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, problem solvers, the real innovators are doing day in, day out. As always, this show is brought to you by my company, Louderco. We find companies' profits through artificial intelligence and better operations. Like when we helped a massive Fortune 500 company build out their AI strategy to create breakthrough new food and beverage categories. Or when we redesigned the operations of a $100 million services company to add $10 million in net profit to their bottom line. To learn more about us, head to our website, louderco.com. Be sure to download free guides and presentations like our Intro to Artificial Intelligence presentation, or see if your company's even ready for AI through our AI readiness assessment tool. We're about to get the show started. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed and left us a review. And now, enjoy our guests and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Dallas Space Innovator Show, brought to you by Louderco. I'm Andrew Louder. Our special guest today is Lance Threlkill, CEO of All Metals Fabricating. Lance is a third-generation owner of AMF, which is a contract manufacturer specializing in sheet metal fabricating, machining, and electromechanical assembly. We have the honor of being in the same 40 under 40 class as denoted by the Dallas Business Journal. In getting to know Lance, he shared with me an innovative transformation AMF has been going through as they use AI and other automation techniques throughout their process. We're going to have a lot to cover here, Lance. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Awesome, man. Well, usually to open things up, I like to let the guests give me a good one to two minute bio on themselves. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you to just talk me through that. Okay, cool. Thank you. I uh, So, yeah, Lance Thurk, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, graduated from SMU and uh, got my master's in accounting there as well. Um, I actually have been an entrepreneur just from a very young age. I had an event planning business and um, and uh, artist management business for while I was in college and grad school and then uh, wound that business up and transitioned. It had always been my plan to come into the family business. Um, and with an accounting background, I came in and kind of learned the business from the books, uh, the books in or the books out, however you want to put it, yeah. um, and just looked for opportunities to improve. I was at a uh, continued education course one time and a CFO said, just look for areas to improve and just attack those until you accomplish it and then move on to the next one. And so that was, I really took that to heart. And, uh, and that was my approach to the business, just like learning like the processes, every process, how can I help you do your job easier, more efficiently, better, um, and, and really utilize our fully our ERP system and, and any, you know, automation we can uh, to, to be more efficient because in manufacturing efficiency is the name of the game and then personally yeah I've got I've got a, a wife and two daughters I get a, a four-year-old and a almost nine week old so uh, awesome uh, everything's going good start saving up for those two weddings you know right for later <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh man and you know we met through 40 under 40 um, what do you think makes that such a cool award to get Man, for me, it was kind of just like 
always this thing of, like it was like, almost like a life goal um yeah and uh and you know i just think that being in north texas it, it's a very competitive field um and uh so just being able to be included in such a group of such a large metropolitan area um, with so many really talented uh, young professionals. It's just, it was, I was honestly shocked when I won. I actually shed a tear. I was so humbled and honored. Uh, and um, yeah, so it, that, I think that's what makes it cool just the, the magnitude and just the history. You know, it's a it's, yeah, it's sure. nationwide and it's been around and it, it's, it's a very well established um, organization. So yeah, I agree. I think I was, yeah. I was in a state of shock myself uh, winning that thing. I still can't believe it. Hope you see it. If you could see the image here on the show, you just, I've got my little trophy right up above my yeah, head here. <laughs> I got mine. Very on proud of it. Oh yeah, very proud. That's as awesome. Well. So you've been Dallas through and through. How have you seen the city evolve as you've grown up? I mean, so yeah, when I was young, it was like Plano looked like uh, Salina. You know, is I mean, there was Frisco was pretty much non-existent, and it's just been you know Richardson back in the 80s and 90s was kind of the Plano, and it just keeps moving further and further north, uh, as it, you know the city just keeps growing and growing, and uh, and then now it's you know it's cool to see more coming back into Dallas and, and Dallas really doing everything it can to um, incentivize businesses and people to live in and uh, and have their companies in Dallas as well. So seeing the transformation of the city um, from the new bridges to the parks, Cladworm Park, I mean, they're they're doing a lot and it's it's really cool. I'm a Dallas resident myself. And so um, it's it's very encouraging and transformational. I've got actually, there's a picture on, on somewhere on social media where it showed like 1950 Dallas and 2020 and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It was like yeah. mind blowing. I love seeing those old timey photos of downtown and some of the streets that you know we we've come to know and love uh, as they've evolved over time. It's cool. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I, in my intro, talked about all metals fabricating contract a contract manufacturer specializing in sheet metal fabricating, machining, electromechanical assembly. What does that mean? What's you know, tell us more about that? What kinds of things are you guys uh, working on creating? Tell yeah, us that. yeah, that description is probably like foreign language to most people, you know. <laughs> uh, so let but, me just kind of get like uh, dumb it down a little bit, um, for lack of a better description. But uh, so simplest way I tell people is, hey, we can take a sheet of metal and make it into anything. So that that's the sheet metal side of it. Uh, the machining side of it is you're taking a, a block of metal and you're making it into anything you want through through uh, the machining process. It's, machining means mills and lathes. Uh, and then we, we take those those parts and we can we have a powder coat company in house and we can we powder coat it. We can weld parts to to make assemblies. And then we've really, our, our goal has been to just be a complete solutions provider for our customers. And so that's why we bought a powder coat business, brought it in house. And, and that's why we've gotten into the electrical assembly as well. Um, and so to, to kind of bring it uh, full scope to people, I mean, the easiest 
descriptions. You see uh, sh uh, shrouds on the sides of cell phone towers, water you know water towers, sides of buildings. You see these shrouds, and that those are holding the the radios that disperse our cell phone signal. And so one thing yeah. that we do is we have the privilege of of serving Ericsson, one of our, our actually our biggest customer, and we deploy a lot of the 5G radio solutions in terms of the cabinetry and bracketry that will hold those wow. radios. Um, so that's some, that's something that we do a lot of. Um, we also make uh, parts for the F-35 fighter jet. Uh, we make uh, and we do uh, a lot in the alternative energy space. We're really focused on that right now. But one thing that we do a lot of is is make the uh, every wind turbine has a house next to it. They call it a doghouse in the in the hmm. uh, industry, and um, they're actually quite a bit bigger than they look when you're driving by that massive turbine. But we make yeah. uh, we make those doghouses as well. Um, we serve virtually every industry. We make uh, rotating hospital beds for you know victims of drowning or COVID. We make uh, a chassis that that is the patented product that uh, for Quest Medical that that is when you're having an open heart surgery, it regulates your heart. Um, so I mean, really, just all over the place. Our, our company was founded and built on the back of the telecom boom in the 80s and 90s, and um, not founded on, sorry, but built on the back of. Yeah, yeah. And then um, <clears throat> that 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 boom crashed in 2000, and we lost 50% of our sales and really diversified mm -hmm. after that. We also do a lot of banking equipment, both both um, user facing, meaning when you pull up to the bank and you put the tube, you know, the little yeah. housing in that tube. Uh, we make those housings, and we also make for Federal Reserves uh, the the currency handling equipment as well. Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's quite a bit. I mean, you you listed off a number of things that I, I I see all the time and kind of take for granted, you know. And it's cool that grateful companies like yours are out there making these things. It's great. That's exactly it. It's like you have metal products all around you, and we just don't think about it. You know, it's like you, nobody all. you see it and you just you know use the word take it for granted and you know I think it's just we just don't think about oh where did that come from how it's made right. and that's the beauty of our of our business is you're always gonna somebody said it to me just this week uh, you're always gonna need metal parts you know so uh, yeah we we, uh, we appreciate that and are thankful for that that's awesome so Lance you your your third generation I think a lot's been made of that already but kind of take me back to the moment where you were handed the keys, so to speak. Like, what did you have in mind to do to basically make make the business into your own? Yeah, I uh, I really had no idea. You know, I so my to take a step back. My my dad is the most you know selfless man you'll ever meet, and so my whole motivation for wanting to come to work here was just to to help him um, because he'd given me everything I have. Um, and so, you know, when I came on board, you know, I told him we had just a real frank sit down conversation. I said, hey, if I'm going to come on board, you have to let me, you know, implement and make the changes I want to make. And, uh, you know, for for a business owner, you can, as you very well know, that, that can be very difficult. That's your baby. You built that thing. And, yeah, and, uh, sure. and so it takes a, a great level of humility to be able to allow that to happen. And, uh, and my dad's been great at that. I, I, you know, I didn't know what it would look like when I got into it because I really didn't know hardly anything. I'd worked one or two summers here and, 
you know, out on the shop floor, but uh, had then started my own business. So I really didn't know which direction I wanted to go. I just knew that I was going to look for ways to improve it and help people make do their job more efficiently and make their lives easier. Um, and so that was my approach. I didn't really have like a grand scheme, but as I got into it and learned more about it, that's where it really started. Light bulbs started clicking and, and uh, you know, my vision started coming together. I gotcha. That's awesome. And like, in getting to know you and AMF a bit more, it's obvious that innovation has been at the core of what you're, you're leading the company through right now. Can you tell our listeners a bit about what that means to you guys and all the different things you're doing in innovation. You mentioned some AI as well. Um, I find it fascinating that a company your age and in this industry is, is innovating so highly. Yeah, thank you. Uh, man, I could talk for the rest of the time about all the different <laughs> innovation things, but uh, to, to kick it off and stay, you know, innovation was in it was our core value prior to me getting here. You know, I got to give my grandfather credit for that. Uh, when laser cutting technology came first came out, he was, you know, on the forefront of buying a laser. Um, and and even our uh, found these old trifolds from the 80s that he'd had made. Uh, and I mean, back in the 80s, having this slick marketing trifold done was actually innovative in and of itself. Um, and so that was really kind of built into who we were. Uh, it's really looking for ways to, um, to, to you know, be more efficient, to, to serve your customers better. I think that's what the whole motivation for, for him and my dad was. Um, and you got to have a, you have to have a high risk tolerance for that too. And so, um, you know, enter me and, and, you know, where we've come and where we're going. Um, <clears throat> you know, it started out with just just u- utilizing the tools that we already had, and, and that's, you know, ERP system. Everybody's got, you know, tons of stuff. They typically just use, you know, the bare minimum of what they need it for, but yeah. utilizing, you know, that to the fullest and, and, and always continue to push the ball forward uh, with that. Um, and then really about seven years ago, eight years ago, we, we really started focused on automation. Um, and uh, we we purchased a, a laser with a fully automated tower to where it can run around the clock. You set up the jobs and it just can run unattended. Um, and really for me, uh, that was to allow us, you know, as labor increases and, and uh, you know, <clears throat> America was trying to become, you know, competitive and relevant again in terms of um, large volume production manufacturing. I, I saw that as a way for us to, to really be able to, um, to, to grab a market share of that. And so, you know, people think automation, they think of replacing people's jobs. And I say it's actually quite the opposite. It's job security because for us, one, one thing, you know, people love learning new things that motivates them and encourages them. And, you know, especially getting to, to run a, you know, $2 million machine is, is exciting for somebody. Um, but really that why I say it's job security is because it allows you to ramp up uh, production and, and without needing to add a bunch of heads. Um, and then when the, if it slows down, which happens all the time in manufacturing, um, especially contract manufacturing, you're, you're not having to lay people off. And, and that's something that, that uh, I was passionate about. We've only had one layoff in our 45 years of my family owning that's it. So, 
Yeah, praise God for that. And um, so in terms of, yeah, last year and the, and the last couple of years, so we've been adding automation. We've been focused on that for, for the last seven years, and we now have five departments that can run unattended around the clock, five of our ten. Our goal is to get to all ten um, in the next three years. And so um, <clears throat> we're, we're aggressively approaching that. And then further, we had, as you mentioned, AI. We've got an automated quoting software that we implemented last year that that uh, you load the, the the CAD file into it. And it is, when I showed it to my grandfather, he was like, his jaw hit the floor. It was it's mind blowing. <laughs> it it wow. unfolds the part, nests it into the sheet. I know I'm speaking foreign language to people, but uh, it knows how, yeah. it, like it, it automatically calculates every process that you have um, and tie it fully integrated into our ERP system. So it's pulling our live material costs. The AI piece that you mentioned, it, it analyzes, it it's incredible. It analyzes the parts uh, compared to other parts that you've done to compare it for time estimates and, and looks for manufacturability concerns as part of the AI. So it recognizes concerns of manufacturability and raises red flags that you may want to bring up to your customer. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, it's the most revolutionary product that, that you know, from a software standpoint that our industry yeah. has probably ever seen. Um, we also had some machine monitoring software that we implemented last year as well. Um, and so that allows us to see uh, every machine, when it's running, when it's not, why it's not running, what job it's running from anywhere in the world. Um, and then that there's automation built into that as well that gives uh, reports to every department lead at the on um, sends it out uh, Monday morning so that they can do their weekly huddles and go over what every machine in their department was the utilization rate for that week was you know what they need to do to get it up or, or you know or, yeah. you know what worked what didn't type of stuff um, so yeah that's just a few of the things that we've been doing here recently um, we've also got a, as I mentioned, our three-year plan. Uh, we've got a $5 million automation plan where we're going to go straight from cutting to bending, which to give you guys a little bit more full picture of that. Uh, historically, you, you cut the parts on a laser punch, then you have to handle them, deburr them, uh, and then you go, you know, move the material to the press brake and bend them up, you know, set up times involved in, in all of that, a lot of material handling, and this will just allow us to go, it'll cut the part, put it back in the tower, move it to two robotic bending cells we'll have, wow. and bend those automatically, and then get completed parts out the other end. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, do you envision a, a point, you mentioned this through your plan, I mean, it, does this get you to just kind of full-on end-to-end automation from the quoting tool you mentioned to all the way to maybe completion and logistics? That's the goal, you know, um, so that aspect of, there's so many, being a contract manufacturer, which what that means is somebody's going to send us a print of a part they want to make and we're going to, we're going to make it for them. So we have right now, we have like 850 jobs flowing through the shop. Every, you know, basically every one of them, different parts, yeah. you know, different volumes. So the complexities of that, uh, make it very difficult to make it fully automated all the way through. When you're an original equipment manufacturer, you know what product you're making all day, every day, so you can automate it all the way through. And so we won't ever necessarily be able to have it totally automated all the way through, but our goal is to have automation in every department that allows them to utilize it. Um, and also just some you know, mater moving material, even with the autonomous pallet jacks and, and forklifts now, a lot of that we'll hope we, we will be implementing to automate. Um, 
Very but cool. yeah, you touched on every aspect for business, even accounting. That's the whole goal is, is, you know, from end to end automation all the way through. And uh, we have been, you know, in terms of our accounting and stuff like that, we've been implementing automation as well. Yeah. And while we were preparing for the show, you mentioned, you shared with me a good lesson learned and kind of as you've been going through this transformation uh, relative to the, the softwares you're rolling out. You mind telling us more about that? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, we, we made the mistake, or I made the mistake, of, of having us implement two softwares at once, and that was a, a, a pretty big challenge, um, especially from a, just a bandwidth of personnel. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, anytime you implement a new software, you're going to have to work through things, and especially when you're a highly efficient, you know, run and lean business uh those little kinks in the road uh, feel much more cumbersome than they are and so what i would tell everybody out there is never implement two different softwares at the same time Uh, we did the machine monitoring and uh, and the quoting and granted that's two different parts of the business it was still everything we have is always fully integrated into our ERP system. That's my biggest piece of advice to every business yeah. owner. You want everything talking to each other and ideally one one point of accountability. Um, and so almost all the automation, with the exception of recording software, is through our ERP system. Um, but but our, even our quoting software is fully integrated into it. And so, um, yeah, lessons learned is is make sure you always have everything fully integrated into your ERP system. Don't have different, you know, different systems that you're using for different things, and then never do two at the same time. Yeah, that's great advice. What you mind sharing? Kind of what what came of this? Was it just were the systems not talking? Were people having trouble? You know, learning, going through change management on each one. Yeah, I think that it was. Um, so uh, part of it is like on, is on our machine monitoring software. I mean, it's just there's you know different connectivity issues, bugs you you know you're working through, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and then on the on the quoting side, the 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 integration with the ERP system. So I mean, it's pretty amazing what they were actually able to do. Um, <clears throat> but just you know pulling all of our 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 live costing from it and having the jobs from the quoting software push over to um, our ERP system the way we wanted it to um, it would yeah it was just it was just a lot for us to take on at once um, and you know I think that we were a little bit um, naive in that uh, going into it um, you just always think it's going to go you know pretty smooth and I think just when you're when you're busy you know and when you have a lot of a lot on your plate little stuff like that just feels really like cumbersome and I think it's probably more of that than than anything I mean if you've got plenty of time on your hands then it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal but right. just any we're, we're so, like in manufacturing everything the name of the game is efficiency so like yeah. that's all I think about all day every day is how to be the most efficient in everything I do and so any any bumps in the road totally derail that and frustrate right, yeah. frustrate us but all in all it went really well um it was just a heavy lift from a manpower standpoint uh to be doing right. both at once no it's great advice i pre- appreciate you opening up uh and sharing that you know i'm curious where does this put you guys 
amongst your competitors from an innovation standpoint? Has this just kind of put you guys head and shoulders above them? Has it kind of caught you up? Like, how's this really changed your stance in the marketplace? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, from what you know, from what I'm told, from our our job boss, our ERP system yeah. is is the largest for manufacturing, and and they say that we're you know we're on the cutting edge, um, and that we're you know the leader in the and from a software side, I, I definitely agree with that. I think from the automation side on the uh, manufacturing floor. I think that uh, for specifically for job shops or contract manufacturers, I'd say we're in the top tier. I think that on some levels, you know, initially in the early stages, it caught us up, and now we're we're at the forefront. Are there, you know, there's a handful of shops around the country that are that are further along than us, um, but we're definitely now right up there with everybody else. Yeah, what a great story, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah, amazing transformation. And um, I recall when we were. At the 40 Under 40 Gala, you had, a, with all due respect, a rather pregnant wife. Right? <laughs> yeah. But since then, you have a, a new little girl. You mentioned she's nine weeks old. Like, uh, Tell us a bit about how you're balancing that, you know, running a family, leading a company, have a newborn at home. What's what's that like? Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, uh, yeah, so in, in August, our, our work in process... Uh, we got a huge influx of business. So like the you know weeks leading up or the week my my daughter was born and the weeks after our whip nearly doubled. Whip is work in process. Oh, um, and so it's been pretty crazy. And, and um, my wife uh, is she's a rock star. I mean, and she's you know taken total ownership on the on the home front and made it a lot easier for me. Um, and so that's that's without that I, I would be in a in a bad place, uh, yeah, helping yeah. me get my sleep and and um, taking taking on that challenge herself. So that's been super helpful, and I can't imagine had it not been the case, uh, I wouldn't have been able to you know perform at the level I have been. Um, but man, I just look forward to you know just last night. I'm like told her I had the baby laying on my chest and you know I'd been running 120 miles an hour all day long and 12 hour day and and get home and I was like man I just told her I was like this is heaven right here like this is (laughs) the most relaxing you know thing um so it's been challenging but fun I love challenges so um I I, I like I mean how it's like I thrive in chaos or under deadlines people say (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think it's often overlooked but a key to success for any entrepreneur is a is a great kind of partnering with a spouse right? oh, yeah. that supports you support each other on both fronts you know there's chaos on both sides but you know to to have somebody that supports what you're trying to achieve is huge right um, oh it's critical and that's yeah. able to kind of ride those waves of the ups and downs with you yeah absolutely and uh, yeah, and then even to take it a step further, widening the circle. Uh, I know you're in Vistage, and and uh, yeah. I'm in a CEO group, the small group that's mm-hmm. kind of modeled after the same thing. And and having that, you know, having guys hold you accountable uh, to to making sure you're you're getting your sleep, you're you know you're you're staying healthy, yeah. you're working out, um, you know, your relationship with God or your spiritual, you know, wherever you find your uh, spiritual satisfaction. For me, is my relationship with God that. Those things have to be. You got to put the big rocks in first, as I always say, and 
and you know having your family yeah. uh, and your relationship with God and, and your health in place you, is critical for an entrepreneur totally agree well, Lance, let's move into our lightning round. You know, we get into a little bit of balancing of some personal side stuff. I know we kind of started making our way into that. But, you know, first question, if you were to go back and tell your younger self something, what do you wish you had known when you kind of launched into either your career or into this business? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Just be patient like, and don't yeah. mess it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be patient. Um, you know, as an innovator and uh, my personality, um, you know, I'm, I'm I want everything now, and so I think that right. just being patient with the process, you know, um, helping people, you know, get to the place. I was fortunately, I think, coming into the business not knowing it and understanding it, like helped me because it forced me to ask a lot of questions which helped me to like lead people the direction I wanted them to go unintentionally. Um, and it also just postures you with humility. So that helped me be more patient than I probably would have had I already known and understood the business coming into it. But that definitely That's would have awesome. been my advice. Yeah, your younger self probably would have appreciated that. That's yeah, cool. and, and probably don't party as much as I <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he wouldn't have wanted to hear that, but yeah, I was, probably would have been helpful. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, man, how did I used to work like 70-hour weeks and then go out on Saturday night? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> working like 55 to 60 right now, and I'm like exhausted. And I'm, it's you know, impossible. Not doing... <laughs> like, I would need a week off old. if I did that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And we're still young, relatively know, speaking. What's happening to us? <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, is there anything you're learning about right now? Um, you know, I'm all, for manufacturing, it's always learning. You know, you're, you, there's the, there's always new competitive advantages from an innovation standpoint um, coming out that I've just always got to be looking into. Um, and so that that's something, you know, that I'm always trying to, to digest. I'm always... Uh, trying to keep you know reading and, and growing as a leader but I, in the middle of uh, extreme ownership the book right now yeah good book. Um, which yeah it's a great book I highly recommend it. it's awesome we're actually gonna roll that out to our uh, mid-level uh, managers and, and train them on that as well um, so yeah I was just learning from from books uh, I just read a book uh, called cherish it's a it's a marriage book just um, you know helping me grow as a husband and be more understanding. Um, so for me, it's reading, awesome. you know. Yeah, well, good. What's your coffee of choice? Black. Just straight up? <laughs> yep, black. Yeah, hey, I... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you, please, go ahead. I uh, I started drinking the uh, Celsius Aussie green teas in the morning. Um, I, I'm always coffee guy. I got tired of my teeth, you know, having always whitened my teeth and then being black. So I switched that up. I still yeah. love coffee, but uh, that that Aussie eye green tea makes me feel really refreshed. Um, and so I, I actually recently switched to that Good to in the know. mornings. But I do still love coffee. What were you, what's your what's your favorite? Yeah, I, I still got to put. You know, vanilla or something to sweeten it up, you know. I put I do put stevia in it or, or truvia. I'll tell you, actually, the best coffee in the world. I've been to Ethiopia 
four times um, on some uh, mission trips. And like true Ethiopian coffee, they have what's called a coffee ceremony. They bring you into the tent or their house and uh, they, they do on a charcoal fire. They make this coffee and it's like, it's like, like oil. I mean, it's just thick and they just pour a ton of sugar into it. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) It's like the highest honor getting to have a a coffee ceremony with somebody and, and, uh, it's really, really good. So if I can, when I get my hands on Ethiopian coffee, definitely take advantage yeah. of that. Awesome. I'm going to look into that. That's awesome. Yeah. What's, what would you say is your adult drink of choice? Um, either whiskey straight or old fashioned. I also like uh, ranch water with the Casamigos. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I love Casamigos. And when you say whiskey, any type of whiskey? Man, I uh, so I'm I'm not big on over the hundred proof. I mean, I, I I can enjoy it, but like if I'm gonna buy a bottle, you know, it's I typically, yeah. you know, keep it under at least one ten. Um, but uh, High West, I love everything High West makes. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's an easy go to. Very cool. But I've got a pretty pretty good whiskey collection going. That's awesome. Um, how about morning person or night person? Morning person, morning person. I get up about just up and out and ready to go. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I pretty much jump out of bed, ready to, you know, just hit the ground running. Um, yeah. I wake up about four thirty. I've been sleeping until five lately, just because I've been staying later. <laughs> sleeping in until five, <laughs> unreal. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. so um, definitely a morning person. I, I mean, I, I enjoy night too, but I just. I think highly productivity in the in the morning. I mean, the important thing is just getting time where you can focus and lock in, you know, yeah. whether that's in the morning or night or you know, in the middle of the day. Yeah, and along those lines, what are some routines that you set for yourself or hacks or anything that you you kind of swear by? Yeah, so I uh, first thing I do is I uh, I spend time just reading my Bible and and journaling each morning and praying, and that just really helps me uh, keep the main thing the main thing and keep focused, feed my soul before I attack the day. You know, if I and and I've got um, uh, like timer set on all my apps, so like I can't access my email or my text messages or anything on the internet on my phone until after you know 7 a.m so it just helps keep me uh that's cool yeah uh, i got that from the ruthless elimination of hurry that book i i Mm. joke say i need to listen to it like once a month and that's not really a joke um because you know you get a lot on your plate you just the the rat race of uh of life um especially as a business owner uh really helps you Uh, we have to constantly fight against hurry um Oh, and man, so, that, that, yeah. So that's 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 my main, uh, you know, habit that I do. That I, you know, try to block off time each day, a high focus time. Um, put it on my calendar um, where I'm I'm working and my door shut and you know I've got something that I'm working on that's you know, I'm, but it's catching up on emails. You know, also blocking off time to catch on catch up on emails. Um, yeah making those if you don't put it and for me if I don't put it on my calendar it doesn't happen because life just takes up your time and so whatever's important to me um you know recently last four five six months I was challenged by my CEO group to really put my health and working out as a priority so I you know I've got the workout scheduled on my calendar um it's cool and so those those things are key if it's not if you don't plan it 
and you don't put it on your calendar, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, my wife took on she she did it. What I refer to as like an ultimate power move. She, <laughs> uh, my hair was getting kind of long, and she just scheduled an appointment with my guy that cuts my hair and put it on my calendar. And I just somehow woke up that day, went through my meetings. I was like, oh, cool haircut. And I just went. <laughs> <laughs> just a good one. You know? That's yeah, awesome. that was That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, awesome move. All right, last question, Lance. Then um, you're off the hot seat here. What do you look forward to the most each weekend? Uh, just you know, just relaxing, spending time with my with my girls. Um, you know that that's that's not having to wake up and you know go to work and just like get a slow, nice slow morning, um, and then just you know yeah. spending time with my my daughter calls. Uh, Really, she'd call Saturday and Sunday Dadder Day, and so nice. like the other morning, I uh, I woke her up because my wife asked me to stay home to take her to school, and uh, she woke up and she goes Dadder Day, and I was like <laughs> I was like no, and she just started bawling, crying. Uh, I was like oh no, um, I obviously school. don't wake my daughter up much during the week. <laughs> if you can tell from that, but uh, threw yeah, her off, yeah. yeah. It was it was downhill from there that morning, <laughs> but uh, Dadder days are, are my favorite. Just spending time with them and finding fun things to do, and and then I also like to hunt. That's that's a passion of mine. I really enjoy on the weekends. It really helps me get away and just uh, reconnect with with God and just recenter my life. And to me, it's not really necessarily about the hunting. It's about you know waking up and watching the sunrise and all of creation wake up. So I enjoy doing that on the yeah, weekends too awesome. when I can. When I can. Really cool, Lance. Well, what's it? How does a customer get a hold of you? How do they start working with you guys? Yeah, so you can go to uh, ametals.com, and we've got uh, we've actually got an RFQ portal that you can submit your RFQ right there, and that, uh, our automation software actually kicks in and starts generating oh, the awesome. quote uh, without us even having touched it. If you if you upload a 3D CAD file, it'll build the quote, and we can just go in and check it. Um, and so that's one way to get in touch with us. Um, you can also info at ametals.com. Um, or you can call us uh, 972-747-1234. Oh, that's easy to remember. Yeah. Well, good, Lance. Hey, I appreciate you making the time to come on the show. This has been awesome. Um, I know you're a busy man, so I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and honor. You bet. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to the Dallas-based innovator show brought to you by Louderco. I'm Andrew Louder signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.